You're listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast, where you'll learn how you can use direct-to-fan marketing strategies to grow your fan base and generate income from your music with no record label, radio, airplay, touring, or press. And I'm your host, John Ojaka. All right, John Ojaka here, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. Uh, today is, well, it's looking like it might be a pretty fun episode. We've got Josh Solomon uh, from the Empty Pockets here again with us. Um, this marks, I think, the closure to at least a series. I'm sure it won't be the last time Josh is on the podcast, um, but it marks the end of this series that we've been doing that we've been sort of loosely calling a album release uh, formula. Um, so if you've missed any of those, you can go back through the podcast feed and check those out. Basically, Josh's band, The Empty Pockets, they have uh, been releasing an album. And Josh is a, uh, I'd say, a very successful music marketing manifesto student. He bought one of my programs years ago, really ran with the, the strategies, um, modified them, put his own spin on them, and has done very, very well. Uh, ever since his band has generated more than three quarters of a million dollars through online sales alone in that time. Uh, he's had countless billboard chart positions, uh, and, uh, fingers crossed, I think we're going to hear about some new ones today. So, um, we're going to basically kind of go back to the very beginning of this album release series, and we're going to talk about some of the goals that uh, Josh laid out, not only in the podcast, but also in some Insider Circle uh, lessons that we shared with uh, members of my program, the Insider Circle. That's my private mastermind. Um, and then we're just going to see how things lined up, best laid plans and all that. Uh, did did he hit all the marks? What worked? What didn't? Uh, and we're just basically inviting all of you in on that to... Uh, to just kind of, uh, I don't know, learn a few things and see what you might, <laughs> my, 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 my earpiece just fell out there. See what you might be able to apply to your, uh, your next release. So we're also doing something a little different here. I don't know if you guys are going to see it or not, but we're attempting to, to record this as video. This has always just been an audio podcast. I hate video. I'm knocking things around here, as you probably just heard, worrying about how my hair looks, trying trying to look at the camera rather than my face, which is right in front of me, um, and trying not to not to be distracted by whatever's going on in Josh's world. So, so um, if this is <laughs> a little clunkier than normal, that's why in case you're listening to the audio, uh, the audio only feed. Um, and uh, if we do end up getting something out of this and publishing it, you'll be able to find it on the uh, Facebook page. That's facebook.com forward slash music marketing manifesto. And of course, on the website at uh, music marketing manifesto.com. So we're going to take just a quick little break. I'm going to play uh, a little a little commercial for you guys um, uh, that will let you in on some of the services that we offer around here. And when we return we'll be speaking with josh solomon from the empty pockets all right back in a second hi this is john ojaka i'm a former interscope and warner brothers recording artist who gave up on the major label rat race and began pursuing direct-to-fan marketing strategies back in 2007 the techniques i developed worked so well that they helped my very first client set the all-time single day sales record at cd baby and land a position on the billboard charts in 2009, I launched Music Marketing Manifesto and began sharing my music marketing strategies with others. 
Since then, my programs have helped thousands of musicians learn how to successfully market their music, many of which have landed on various Billboard, Amazon, and iTunes sales charts, land Grammy nominations, and countless others have used my strategies to generate enough revenue to finally give up their day jobs and dedicate their lives to making music. So, if you're a musician and you need help growing your fan base or generating more revenue from your music, then MusicMarketingManifesto.com can help. My flagship program, Music Marketing Manifesto, is currently in its fifth edition and it will teach you how to build and promote an automated marketing funnel for your music. In the insider circle is my private mastermind group which offers monthly training lessons, weekly coaching calls, a mastermind community, and over 100 music marketing mini-courses. I also offer one-on-one consulting for musicians who need personal guidance or help with any aspect of their marketing. To learn more, go to musicmarketingmanifesto.com and click on Products and Services in the main menu. Once more, that's musicmarketingmanifesto.com. All right, we are back. So on the line with me is Josh Solomon from the Empty Pockets. Josh, how you doing? Dude, I'm doing good. It is uh, it's Tuesday, August 23rd. Our album came out on Friday the 12th, and I'm feeling great, man. I'm uh, we're yeah. celebrating over here. We need to, we need like a drum roll sound effect or something. I, I, think. <laughs> we do. I know a little. I know a little bit. You you know you've told me one piece of pretty exciting news, so I do know a little bit. But I wanted to kind of come into this conversation pretty, um, pretty spontaneous, pretty uncanned, uh, and just kind of let you share some of those results with me as you share them with everyone else. So um, they'll probably be about a, a week or so. Uh, could even be up to two weeks delay on when we release this from when it's actually happening. So I'm sure by then a lot more will even happen. But why don't you tell us? Uh, we're going to work backwards here. What has happened? You you dropped your album. What you? It was yes, no. Last it came week. out on uh, August 12, and I'm looking back at our notes from our March podcast about uh, our album blueprint, and we started mm-hmm. with goals. I have written down here: sell over a thousand copies the week of release, chart in Billboard. And be happy with the album. Those are my three goals. Right. Uh, I'm quite right. happy with the album. I, 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 I earnestly am. I, I, yeah. I think that's probably the most important part. Um, What's the album called? Sold, Have you said that already? Just, called just so Outside everyone... Spectrum. And it's by us, it. The Empty Pockets. Uh, we registered as a blues and rock album. We ended up selling 50% more than our goal internationally. So we sold 1,506 copies nice. of this album. I was pretty proud of that. We sold them at $20 yeah. each. Yeah. Um, we charged four ninety five for shipping and handling, so we actually like made some money on this yeah, one release. Uh, no, we indeed. didn't change our whole year, but uh, yeah. we toured all year. But we made some money. We uh, thirty grand. Uh, uh, yeah, more than that because of upselling and right, shipping. True, true. We even made a little money on shipping. Um, we were the number one. We are. We're the number one album this week. Uh, we have a number one Billboard chart ranking. Isn't that cool? We are the number one blues album in America. Number two is Bonnie Raitt. Number three is Tedeschi Trucks. Number four is Eric Clapton. Number one that, is the Empty Pockets. <laughs> that, 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 of course, as you know, that's you know that's the bit I knew about, and that's just really freaking fantastic. You know, like I know it's all relative and all of that, but uh, no one can ever take that away. You know, for for 
like for all of time, you and your band are the <laughs> number one band in America, which many would argue means in the world, um, because Billboard is the biggest chart out there. Um, uh, in a very major genre, and that's pretty damn cool, man. We we were pretty excited, man. We're we're on tour with Al Stewart. I actually have an Al Stewart poster behind me, and uh, he. We finished our show, and I got an email from Billboard. So we all found out backstage. It was sort of like a movie. It was fun, and yeah. uh, they they've emailed me before, but this time they've never mm-hmm. done said anything. Yeah, sure. Editorial. This time they just said, "Congrats on the number one." blues album and i was like whoa that's great we're number three on americana folk we're number five you get a lot of a lot of competitive stuff in the americana Folk chart the first album is chris stapleton it's sold three million copies so far (laughs) like it's like whoa uh we're number five on top new artist albums so Mm. that's any artist that's not hit the top 100 of the billboard 200 um any new artist we have a uh, and then we're various other positions where the, we were the 19th most sold album on the internet uh, this week, which nice. which actually is like two weeks ago, which means in terms of internet orders, we were the 19th yeah, most. Sure. I mean, you're competing with Taylor Swift. You're competing yeah. with the Grateful Dead and the Beatles. <laughs> we, uh, last week, of all the albums that were ordered online, we were the 19th most. And uh, I think we were the 22nd indie album independent right. album which isn't what it used to mean like if you look at the list of independent acts like sure. bad bunny is number one everywhere that's independent um sure so it's not but exactly ha- have like you done the... no have, i was gonna say have you done the math on how many streams it would take to make the revenue you made from <laughs> yeah it's uh it's 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 only like three million streams in that week <laughs> or something like that yeah, it's yeah. it's about it depends on what type of stream they well, are, but it's no, like, it'd be, no, it'd be it'd be a lot more than that. You're usually talking at the most um, and we're getting a little bit of a little bit of echo there. I think it stopped. But oh, it's, four, usually, it's about four million streams. Uh, 20. Well, no, 30 grand. You're talking at the most five grand per million streams. Um, if you're counting international, that number is usually going to go down. I shouldn't say at the most. Some acts are making a little bit more, but it should be around five grand per million streams. So you're talking six million oh, plus. I was talking more. chart position. You're talking money. Money. Oh, no, yeah, I'm talking. Pay. I'm talking about the equivalent of what your band would have had to do with streaming, because part of obviously million what, what, streams. Yeah. What the what the cynics are going to say is, well, that's because nobody's buying albums anymore, and you're focusing on sales. Um, and but it is. So I'm trying to. It, it is, but but I'm trying to equate that in terms of what your band has been able to generate and what the equivalent would be. And there are very few bands. On, what, what did you say there? You you, you predict around thirty million. In yeah, I think it's like, I think it would have been to make the same amount of money. I think it's yeah, I think yeah. it's about thirty million streams. Yeah, and and there are not many bands on earth that are getting thirty million streams this week. There are some, but not not a whole lot. Um, so and you've heard of so, most of them. Yeah, <laughs> I love how 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 willing you are to throw yourself under the bus as a as, as a. I'm not throwing no myself under the bus. You know, I just I don't want to be heard of, and I don't need to be heard of. You know, like mm. it's a big lesson. I feel like we're learning this like. But you are heard of because you're you're pulling you know in in many places hundreds of hundreds of people to each show and again that 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 reflects the fact that you've got a very real and sizable base. But you know, I guess there, I'm there just a, a, 
a music industry cynic. And so I, I talk to music industry gatekeepers. Uh, my sure. band calls it getting big timed. When you talk to somebody and they're like, do you know who the fuck I am? Yeah. I don't care yeah. about your band. So my, I'm so in that mindset that mm. like drawing a couple hundred people to something in my world is a sneer, you know? So we think small ball, you know what I mean? Like we're yeah. fucking proud of it. Like we own well, it. You, you, you should be. And it's not small. It's just a different approach to success. I mean, I, I, I don't know if you'd remember it. It was a lot of years ago, maybe seven or eight years, maybe more than that. It was when retargeting first really. Yeah. So it'd be even more than eight years ago. I put a lesson together called uh, Becoming Famous in a Bubble, and it was all about using retargeting, which has now become almost just part of the course for online advertising. And that's that's what fame often looks like or success often looks like with these strategies is that your following knows who you are because you're not wasting money making yourself famous to a bunch of people that are never going to listen to your music. Yeah, I mean, because I think of fame like your, your friend's mom knows who you are. Do you know what I sure, mean? Like, sure. But, uh, dude, this last tour we just got home from, we had people every day. I mean, we, first of all, we had a line at merch to sign. Sure. Yeah. Like, which is not usual for us. It's been slowly growing. And as sure. this album has been released, I think like excitement within our current fan base has sort of been reignited. You know how in politics they talk about riling up the base and also yeah. convincing new people? Uh, that's, sure. that's, we, in bands, we do that too. You know, we, you have to rile up your base and you also have to bring new people in. A new album riles up the base. And sure. what was really cool that brought MMM, Music Marketing Manifesto, into the venues was we do a free CD funnel using all, all the time. We spend a lot of money yeah. on it using all the, your, your tactics. Multiple people every day brought theirs in hmm. and hmm, said, nice. I, I don't know who Al Stewart is, the headliner. I right. came for you guys because I got this in the mail and I love it. Will you sign it? And, it and was you know so, because your your packaging is a little different on those, isn't it? It's they're you, they're one hundred percent unique. The only way I mean they have their I put the mailing label on them. Like I see they bring them. <laughs> yeah, sure. It, 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 it's amazing. Like I'm signing on their mailing label. Uh, the yeah. way we do yeah. it, it, it's all one thing. And just that to watch it work in real time, I'm like mm. I'm getting the chills right now. I was just like moved. You know, like we've yeah. been doing. Yeah. I ramped that system up over the last year, six months in order to try to do as well as we could on this album. You know what I mean? Like sure. I wanted as many new fans as we had, as we could. <clears throat> and uh, watching it work for real was so satisfying. And then watching the whole thing turn into, I knew we were going to be pretty good on the blues chart because a couple weeks before release, we were getting close to our goal of 1,000, and then we pass our goal of 1,000. And then we're like, how much are we going to pass it by? 1,100, 1,200, 1,300. We're like, this is going to, you know, blues isn't, the, the most popular genre so like, sure, we have a sure. chance to, but but number one uh that's gonna be something i can use forever yeah for sure and i don't know if you think about things like this but i i mentally and psychologically create little milestones for me in my life and things that i've accomplished the fact that you know, I put out a major label record or a couple of them means the world to me. I don't care how big or small they ultimately were. What I care about to some extent, uh, well, that's not to say I don't care. Of course I care. But um, everybody, everybody's star falls 
you know, at the end, a hundred years later, we all sort of look the same, but that album exists in the annals of, of Interscope recording or Interscope records, sort of major label, whatever. Um, <clears throat> that means a lot to me. And then as you gain these little chart positions, they mean a lot to you. And um, they're just little psychological benchmarks that no one can ever take away. And I, I think I'm repeating myself here, but to be the number one blues artist or have the number one blues album in America, according to the biggest chart in the world. Yeah, man. I mean, that's, that's uh, an affirmation that uh, you'll be able to um, hang on to forever. Not to mention, you really used to, to buy credibility with the industry and fans and everything else. And we're literally in that process right now. I mean, obviously, mm. we're trying to leverage this as hard as we can. Uh, my wife, Erica, my, my business partner and our lead singer in our band, she said, uh, this is undeniable proof of concept. You know, yeah, we still sure. want to scale what we're doing. And I think mm. we absolutely could scale what we're doing. Shipping this out sure. was not a small thing. Scale <laughs> is not simple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we agreed to, like an idiot, it, it worked, but we agreed to number the first 500 in order that they came. Right. Oh, my God. I'm not sure I would promise that again. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, okay, so so a, a massive congratulations. And I know I know the listeners of this podcast and the subscribers to my list are, are a big fan of you and what you contribute to the show and what you're, you're doing as an artist. So I think everybody's behind you and a huge – Congratulations from from all of us, and hell, I'm 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 really proud for whatever my little seed was that I planted, you know, years ago. It's really it's really great. Um, but let's let's dive into this and kind of break down That's... what you did. So again, you can go back, I don't know, four or five episodes, um, and ju- we have this album release formula episode in which uh, we break down all of these goals. And if you're an Insider Circle member, then you've got this companion PDF that kind of is your sort of printable step-by-step guide to this process. But now, because I know you have that in front of you, if you would, just take us back to the beginning, talk about what you did, talk about what worked, what didn't, and, um, you know, uh, I, I guess just do some post-mortem on this whole thing. So in my world, there are sort of the four main marketing drivers, the way I think of it. I don't actually put touring in that category, mm-hmm. Um we're a full-time touring band. It's a huge part of what we do. Sure, so I, sure. I consider touring something more like I'm selling all the time rather than touring. Yeah. But it, it everything is symbiotic. But there are four yeah. things that I, I think there's email. I think, I think of touring is more akin to a product um, than – Agreed. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so there's email. There's social media, radio, and publicity. I'm not saying these are the only things, but these these are the the four main things on our blue, and they're all listed on our artist blueprint that that I focused on for this release. Sure. Um, obviously, you know, there's a ton of work in branding and and what are our hooks before that, and that feeds into all of it. But I sort of wanted to talk about my experience with those four pieces, and I think everybody can relate to those four pieces. They're pretty classic rock and roll things. You know, the email right. list. I guess that's more our people philosophies right social media everybody relates that to music right radio of course and publicity so i'm going to go in order of what i consider to be people will be noticing you've left streaming out of that list well streaming is another product you know similar to touring and i don't i've never been able to make streaming work for me and i can't do everything you know my dad is one of my like 
gurus and strategy and and a big thing he preaches is focus and let everything else go and i know it's controversial i know musicians don't agree with me i know industry doesn't agree with me but i have let streaming burn pretty much yeah yeah uh we did some playlisting you you know that i agree with you (laughs) yes i know but our audience doesn't necessarily and but that's because the whole world doesn't we really are swim. we are really a couple of salmon swimming upstream on this concept um i am not a big believer in streaming i'm a huge believer in streaming as a consumer as would i be to a hamburger place that charged 11 cents for a hamburger if there was a hamburger place that charged 11 cents for a cheeseburger i would be like that's great but I would be really annoyed if I was in the beef industry and that hamburger place said, people are loving my hamburgers. I need to charge. I need this beef for a very little amount of money. It's like, <laughs> of course people like it. Sure, You're giving them sure. every song ever for $10 a month. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, we're on the same page. And I always need to throw this sort of whatever disclaimer in there because I, I, I catch a lot of shit if I don't. In that, I, you know, I'm not anti-streaming. Streaming has its place, certainly as a brand grows it definitely has its place if you're going to become that international household name you're absolutely going to be incorporating streaming um and then there are times where um it well, i think everybody should have a streaming presence and you should be putting some energy behind it um because you might get lucky and you might have that song that takes off and on its own and then you you bring in a whole heck of a lot but you and i and everything that mmm is um based on is about positive giving you the best shot at consistently getting a positive um, ROI and a measurable ROI on your effort and I think like you it's not that I'm anti-streaming so much as you can't do everything and where over and over and over again you see this positive ROI with building the mailing list and selling to that list and building a sales model you just don't see it that consistently at all um, uh, for for very obvious reasons, when you just pull out a calculator with streaming, so we don't we don't tend to focus on it. But anyway, yeah, and, and, get, and I would even it. go go on to say I actually think it's worth even saying that labels own everything. Like at radio, we'll get into radio. The labels have their tentacles really far into radio. I mean, the sure. payola stuff. <laughs> I don't know what's going on <laughs> with the major label level, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, the labels literally own Spotify. They literally sure. own it mm-hmm. in a literal way. You explain, think that, explain what you mean. I mean that when Spotify was in a lot of trouble years ago, they went to the labels to negotiate. And at the negotiating table, the label said – well, we don't care if you don't pay us all these back royalties or pay our, pay our artists a fair rate. We don't care. We just yeah. want to own half of it. And Spotify right. was like, okay, let's <laughs> together, let's all steal from all the artists of the world and we'll make money. Me, Daniel Eck, and my minions, and you, Irving Azoff, and yours. And that's what happened. I mean, that, look it up. That is what happened. I sound like a conspiracy theorist. That is honestly what happened. And so when you look at – listen, if you could break yourself on Spotify, I'm going to be impressed and I'm going to clap my hands. If you're an indie who's, who's building a career on Spotify, I'm not booing you. I'm just sure. saying it's probably not going to happen. And uh, if, if Spotify has a valuable playlist that has a lot of listeners, who do you think's getting most of those artist slots? I think it's the people that own it. Yeah. <laughs> That's my sure. Spotify rant. Am I anti-streaming? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of am. I, <laughs> right. I, I listen to Fair it. Enough. 
<coughs> Excuse me. All right, so in reverse order of my four, and I actually honestly think this all kind of turned out ish how I expected, maybe even more dramatic towards what I thought would be the strongest and what I think is always the strongest part. The least effective and the hardest to deal with and the least predictable. Publicity. Holy shit. Um, I did a lot of research on publicity. I talked to a lot of publicists. I hired a publicist. I'm not unhappy with our publicist. Uh, Eve Six tweeted today, I just sent another few thousand dollars to this publicist. I wonder what they do with all that money. And I avoid or <laughs> feel that. You know, I just think it's Max not a... a good good mate of mine from, from Eve Six. His oh, Twitter, he's his so twi- funny. It's his Twitter so feed funny. Is, he's like found this new identity. Uh, he wasn't doing any of that until a couple of years ago. And he posted some random thing. And, and, and yeah, like he's this Twitter phenomenon now. The Eve Six Twitter is just one of the good things in life. It really is. <laughs> um, we got some great... I'm going to be a little, I'm going to get really insider here, even though this is not an insider circle. We got some great stuff from our publicists. I love, I, I love it. I think we can do even more. The, the $200 I spent with no brainer publicity was very similar and mm-hmm. way, way cheaper. <laughs> and I got five Josh great is, reviews. Josh, for anyone who doesn't know what he's talking about, it's no brainer PR. That's a service of mine, no brainer PR.com. Sorry for the plug, but go on. I'm plugging it. I mean, it's simple. It's no brainer. <laughs> It's like $30 a review or something like that. Depending on the package you get. Yeah, maybe it's $15 to get one and that type of thing. Holy crap. Everyone should be doing that. Everybody should be spending two to $500 getting three to 10 or whatever reviews of your album that that, that come up on the internet forever. Um, I I think (laughs) it's important to think about publicity as building a story as trying to get to that next level, it's, it's important to not think about publicity as like, hey, we're going to move a bunch or any units because yeah. of this coverage. I Did would you talk say, about what, how much you put into it? How much you invested in publicity? I invested $8,000 into publicity. Now, we still have yeah. a lot of publicity to go. That sure. was $1,000 a month for eight months. So I have the rest of the year and we're doing a Christmas <clears> release. I'm happy with our premieres. It's just a lot of money. And good publicity, like like the guys Eve Six are talking about, they're five grand a month. You know this. So, publicity accounted for zero sales in uh, according to my calculations. I wasn't yeah. expecting to, but I'm a little bit like, wow. Like I can't measure any sales that came from publicity. <laughs> right. You know, like no one wrote like, hey, I saw, I read that thing, and then I bought your album. Zero people yeah, sure. wrote that, and people totally. write us all the time. Okay, totally. that's the first one. Do I regret it? I don't because I'm in investing mode. Uh, maybe it's not smart. Maybe I'm not very smart. We have built our career to the point where like, we do hundreds of thousands of dollars in live business. You know, yeah, sure. We pay our salaries and then we take our band money and we reinvest it in stuff like publicity. And sometimes it feels like you're just burning it. You know, <laughs> like, but... <clears throat> Uh, we what did you get out of it? What What did you see? How many How many features? How many reviews? How many radio So far, reviews? we have like, seven features that I'm happy with, uh, one local article, and then from this number one, I have my publicity people pitching for some national stuff for the first yeah, time. Sure, sure. I got uh, a late night TV show's contact info from a good friend, like 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 serious stuff. Yeah. Uh, 
and it's not their fault if we don't get that, if we didn't hand them, if we aren't enough banned necessarily. Like that's what's tough about publicity is it's it's a combination of the publicist's contacts and the quality branding. I mean, I want to work on my branding with you. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe the maybe our if our branding was better, we would have got more yeses. So um, I think publicity is complicated. But I sure. think it's it's real, and you have real people saying yes or no. It's a good benchmark, and I, I really felt like it was time for us to invest in it. I don't regret it. We had the money. We've had a really good year. Um, I have some really good corporate clients. Really good. And uh, that's, that's that. We've spent about that right. same amount of money on radio, which also um, lasts till the end of the year and a little bit beyond. Radio in my estimation, sold a couple dozen units. I got messages <laughs> and yeah, emails. How, how, how many thousand have you spent on radio promo? About the same amount through the, through, through the end of the year. So <clears> it was about a sure. $15,000 budget was our real promo budget. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, $200 to no brainer. It's a lot of, that's a, compared to what the rest of we're doing. That's a lot. That's why I said no brainer PR. That's a lot of, we got five really solid reviews. Um, so it's sort of like in the ballpark of a much more expensive thing. Now, no brainer PR isn't pitching me totally to Rolling Stone, but Rolling Stone saying no. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, so I don't, you, you, but you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take radio's ongoing and we're growing. Like we just got on the Americana and non-commercial charts we just got added today to four commercial stations, AAA. We've never been added to this quality of stations we're getting added to. Um, we hired Radio Life of Project, so that goes on for months more. Mm-hmm. Um, we even have a small <clears throat> promo budget for radio to do legally compliant uh, support of radio stations or even ad buys on radio stations when it really, really makes sense. Uh, I think radio can grow audience. You need to get over 10 spins a week. Most stations, we're on 35 stations, most of which are spinning us twice a week. Um, sure. And some are spinning us four or five times. We're not in uh, heavy rotation anywhere. Yeah. It, heavy, heavy rotation in our genre, so it's Americana, Blues, uh, AAA, and non-commercial. Heavy rotation is like 12 to 16 spins. In pop, right. heavy rotation is 90 spins. Yeah. So sure. it's a little bit different of a ball game. I know artists who have been broken by stations like WXPN in Philadelphia. You know, right. uh, WXRT here in Chicago is a huge station. It doesn't break that many artists, but it's a huge and important station. I feel what's great the, about... Go ahead. Oh, no, I'm forgetting. What's the big radio chart for, like, Roots um, and, you know, Americana? Well, there's one called the Americana chart, the AMA chart. And then mm-hmm. one's called the N... It's almost like NCAA. There's, like, a college radio chart that we sort of get sneak on. And right. there's also a non-com chart, which right. is all radio stations that are non-commercial. So NPR and various other uh, listener-supported stations. And are you, I are, you, are you positioned on any of those charts? Yeah, I mean, but like we're 180 on right, right. non-com or 150. It's just starting. Um, sure. I feel good about where we're at with radio. We're doing – I told you about MPE blasts. Yeah. That's the main way these days. I've asked a lot of people now. That's the main way 
artists and radio promoters and labels get music to radio. Anybody can buy it. It's not that expensive. Each list you send to is a few hundred dollars, a couple hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. Um, It's part of our radio budget. We are doing a blast tomorrow focused on our chart positions. Right. And they actually have their own chart. We were the fourth most streamed song on AAA programmers last week. So it really is growing. Um, You know, we were the catch of the day on KMTN, which was fun. And then they gave us an official ad. I think radio went better than publicity. I think it sold more units than I thought it would. And I think it sold Mm -hmm. about 30 units. Um, And and what about butts and seats, which is what everyone always claims. Radio doesn't sell units, but it gets butts and seats. Do you? I don't feel like I have felt that yet. And I think, and I, I do think that's in the 10 plus spins category as well. Some of the Mm -hmm. stations starting to spin us six times, even on the air have started to say, we're going to get these guys. We're going to get these guys over here. I think butts and seats also requires some commitment from the radio station. I think there's a difference between getting spun two or three times a week and nobody coming to your show in that market and a radio station sponsoring the show and a DJ agreeing to intro you. And then they yeah. really talk about you. We did a, a radio conference called the, called Summit Fest in Boulder on August 4th. All our timing was really great. And uh, a DJ who's played this before agreed to intro our set. And he added our song two weeks later. So right. it... it you know, the, those things are all a little bit connected. We got to see Steve Earle and meet him. It was really cool fest. Nice. Um, I don't know what your, your take is, if, if I could be a little cynical, but just from my own experience with doing indie radio as well as doing, you know. And you have experience doing this, for sure. Right. I, like, I, I've been there with the handful of spins, um, you know, a, a, a week kind of thing, and I saw absolutely nothing. Um, but. It wasn't. That's why I'm encouraged, honestly. Like we're on, we're doing a handful of spins on 33 stations, and I have gotten Mm -hmm. emails. I have been able to track about 30 total sales, three zero. Now that's not getting you on a Billboard chart, um, but we have part of that might have to do with the genres. I was, I was in, in you know, hot AC and pop, so it was a a much different situation or alternative. But, um, but when part of it's the time of day. Sometimes a a label gets a favor. Like a a guy said to me. At the summit, yeah, I added Marcus Mumford. I'm going to only play him in Overnight. Um, The Mumford and Sons guy was like the most added song on AAA a couple weeks ago. Uh, Which I'm like, have have you not enough, Mumford and Sons? Leave a little for the rest of us. No, I'm I'm, I'm kidding. But uh, (laughs) I think radio, uh, something I, I said before and something that I feel even stronger about now after experiencing the last few months of getting this promotion started and continuing it into the future is you got to be committed to staying there. I wouldn't go to radio as an artist if I wasn't committed to bringing my next album to radio because you're just going to waste all of those relationships. People And, sure. and, and, the, and the, the PDs, they move around and change fast, like every few years almost, some of them. So you got to jump on it. We already have another album done. We're ready to go to radio again early next year. Right. And we're ready right. to pay for it. And I think that's one of the things I feel good about. Um, yeah, makes, and I think radio sense. wants to hear that because they don't want to waste any real estate with you if you're going to be gone. Right. For sure. For sure. Um, so second to best and most effective in terms of sales on my list is social media. Uh, I think 
from what I'm able to see, I think we did about 300 units on social media from direct social media referrals. Some of yeah, those and, and were. You should clarify, you're talking organic here. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, not not, so this not is, paid ads on social. No. So this is posting stories, photos, yeah. direct pitches. <laughs> on Instagram, on Twitter, and and most of our strength comes from Facebook. We have 41,000 Facebook followers because I do I've done a lot of Facebook advertising on that free CD system. So we've gotten a lot of love on social media. I think we I think Erica's in charge of our social media. I think she did a really good job. We had uh, a couple of guests come in for a couple of key tours over the last few months that took over mm-hmm. our accounts for us and were able right. to like actually film us while we were on stage and those days the numbers were huge and it made me feel like oh i can't afford it but i would have somebody like with us all the time you know taking photos and mapping their job like do you know the show shark tank yeah so there's this dude like kevin uh mr wonderful or whatever 15 years ago in a lot of years but he's like the main guy and he 15 years ago he was asked like what would you tell young people to go into if they want to make money and he said Mm. engineering 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 and Mm. he was asked that question like two years ago and he said Mm. i know i used to say engineering but now i say photography videography copywriting coding because Mm. the every brand needs content every single day and it was a revelation like Mm. i would reinvest less money in publicity and more money into higher quality social media content. Just create. It's interesting that, that you're saying that that's, you know, uh, I do this for a living. I help artists either for the most part, I teach artists to do this. And occasionally I help artists with their campaigns and no matter what side of it I'm, I'm on, whether I'm managing the campaign or I'm helping others, I'm very, very um, proud and confident in my success rate, but you, you can't be successful all the time. And there are acts that come through that I'll do the marketing on. It's just dead. There's just no freaking pulse. And, and I think about that a lot. Like, why? Why Why is this artist converting at 9% and this artist is converting at 0.5%? Um, and the thing that just instinctively it always comes back to for me is just that lack of pulse. And it's it'd be a little too simple to say content creation, but there are artists that are so invested in the li- this life that they've got all this fodder for content and the content almost takes care of itself. Um, And so it's not that I'm literally saying you need to create tons of content. I'm more saying you need to be invested in this life and the fans need to sense that. But there's a direct correlation to the content you're putting out and the energy that people can see and perceive and wrap their heads around. Um, And so it very much aligns with, I think, I think what you just said. Absolutely. I mean, that really resonates with me in general. And I, I, you know, I love Russell Brunson. Um, Mm. He's this, Mormon dude from uh, Utah, and he invented click funnels. And I don't use click funnels anymore, but I follow him on Facebook. And he posted the other day uh, doc- the the easiest way to do social media is to document your journey. And sure. it, I was like, yes, exactly. You don't need to if you're like sitting there coming up with interesting things. You're you're either ignoring really more obvious stuff, or you're not like living the life. You know, sure. like live the life and then everything you do is the story and 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 when we brought someone on tour and we've done it twice now and i'm going to invest in this in the future 
and they just document our life and we don't even think about it and we're just being idiots all the time backstage or at a Wendy's or in the van, people ate that shit up even more than all our normal social media, you know? So it's, it was, it's a huge lesson. And also I think social media is about the deepening of the relationship uh, mm. more than the hard sale. I think you can make yeah, sales on social sure. media, no doubt, and on ads for sure. But the real sales come from my fourth thing. It's just magic when you can picture a person in your head. A lot of times I picture this guy named Jim who lives in Michigan. He's a real person. Or Robert. Mine, in, are, all, in, mine are all named Steve. I, I picture real people now. I pick no, a guy. Know, my my avatars are all named Steve. Quick, quick, I love that. On. No, no I, relation to the fact that I got a guy named Steve working for me. Or maybe yeah, hilarious. <laughs> I pick a guy. I pick a super fan, and I write him a note. Mm-hmm. You know, my most effective email sold two thousand one hundred and fifty dollars worth of product. I sent about fifty, maybe sixty emails over the course of I think three months, which is a <laughs> lot of emails. I know that's a lot of emails. Um, we, my most effective email, I just said it was from me, not the empty pockets. It's a, it's a trick I use all the time. I change up who the email's from. I did every band member. We did a contest. I'll tell you more about that. Sure. Um, and I just said, please buy an album. I would really appreciate it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I swear to God, dude. That's it. <laughs> just those two sentences. Yes. Josh. <laughs> Two thousand dollars. It's hilarious. How much? But it works. How much? Two thousand dollars. Twenty one fifty. Um, we did over fifty thousand dollars on email. Uh, and, and you over- probably know this, but just for anyone else who's, who's listening, like why that works is it's a pattern interrupt. You know, people are so used to this noisy sell, sell, hype, hype, hype that when something that sort of jarring comes through. It it engages that person in a way that they, I believe you know, my subject was a question mark. I think mm-hmm, the whole subject mm-hmm. was one question mark. It was extremely short email, zero graphics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did <laughs> prove to myself again that changing it up is really important. Are what I call our corporate emails did very well. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I just use mail. Your corporate emails do. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a fan as I think you know. I, I like everything to look like their buddy John sent it to him. But yeah, and I do a I, lot of that. But we switched yeah, it up. Sure. And yeah, no, um, that's an interesting we just used MailChimp's templates and threw our sure. graphics on there. And I, I wrote copy and changing that up did very well. So in a given week, I may have sent you four emails, but one yeah. was like the standard storytelling email we send from the empty pockets. One was like a short personal one from Josh. One was like a corporate one from graphics. And one was like a tour update from Erica. And so right. it didn't feel like in the same way. We did not get that many complaints. Uh, and sometimes we have, and we, uh, we had a pretty low unsubscribe. I'm, I'm, I was very happy with it. We sold over a thousand units on email. Yeah. Wow. That's just, just crazy. So what, what was that breakdown again? Thousand from, to the email list and, and we did remind everyone how of, big is your email list at the moment? Right now it's 75,000. We did a thousand, uh, units on that. We did about 300 units on social media, I think we did more like 1,100 on email, something like that. We did about 300 units on social media. We did about 30 units, a uh, little more than 30 on radio from what I can measure. And I think we did zero units from publicity. 
That's, and that seventy-five. Were you emailing that entire list? Because I know you've kind of no. sectioned them out. You've got a you've got a a chunk that you're basically not paying for at the moment. So how many were you actively emailing? I I emailed all seventy-five thousand oh, at one point, but <laughs> there, I have a lot more emails sometimes that I'm not paying for. But you do yeah. if you email too much. You when you're at my level of email, it's like you pay for how many people are on the list and how many emails you send. So I focused on depending on what day it was, you know, people who were more likely to purchase because of MailChimp ranks them for me. I have it data on people who've purchased in the past. And then sometimes I would send e- an email to everyone who hasn't purchased or everyone who has purchased already. So we're not yeah, always sure. any of the same group at all. Sure. There'll be a person listening or, or a thousand of them that are like, oh, 75,000 people on the list and, and he sold 1,500 copies. Well, one what's up with that discrepancy and two i don't have 75,000 people so am i dead in the water you know what 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 do you say to that person i mean for starters i mean, I mean a- give them some con- context on the fact that you've been having customers basically pay for that mailing list as you go and you've sold a lot of albums to those 75,000 yeah, people moved over the years over i mean we have over 100,000 people in a database. I've, I've, I've re- this is years and years. Like I've released yeah, six yeah. Billboard charting albums. I've had a lot of unsubscribes. I'm a very big believer that an unsubscribe is not more than it is. That person didn't yeah. want to be on your email list anymore. You can sell. You can sell. I think my guess is a lot. I can, I'd have to go in and check and try to do some databasing. <laughs> but my guess is a lot of social media sales were former email list members that unsubscribed. Totally. Um. It's hard. This is hard. Like, uh, it's not gonna be easy. I get I get emails from probably listeners of this, you know, very consistently, maybe more than once a week. And it's not working. It's not working. And I'm like, first of all, it's hard. Uh, Second of all, I'm not operating perfectly. Like, I'm sure I have blind spots. Do you know what I mean? Where, third of all, my email numbers compared to, like, a small list are not good. You know what I mean? Like, I've abused this list, especially, like, looking back. Um, you know, like, I'm very aggressive. And, like, totally. I don't have, like, a certain bone in my body that other people do. Like, about certain types of shame and... Like I, it's an email. Like, I don't care. I don't care about negative feedback. I want to sell shit. I want to build a band. What's the point of the list if we're not going to sell anything? So I've done some things that maybe I don't regret because I learned from them, but I wouldn't do it again. Like you can't email every day for 60 days. You're going to just ruin some of those contacts. And that's what I've done to some of my list. And it's tough to sort out now, you know, but you've also done that. I think because you know, you, you've, uh, kind of learned right right out of the gate that the more you email, the more you, you sell. And that is true. But as you're also There's learning these days, you're, you're alienating a lot of that long-term base. So I'm all for a pretty aggressive emailing when people are in that funnel, trying to convert that person into a fan, but then taking a slightly different tact once they are fans. Yeah. I've done releases in the past where like I wanted to get to a certain number and I was going to fucking get to that <laughs> number no matter how many yeah. times I needed to email. And that's not how I felt totally. this time. Totally. Um, totally. We didn't email every day. And I felt better about that. I still emailed a lot, honestly, a lot more than probably most artists would even be comfortable with doing themselves. Uh, So I would say overall to answer that, that's a really good question, is my 75,000 is not as strong of a list as if you were to have grown it 
and been more patient with it all along the way. Right. You know, my but, open but rates how many are units like, all in and, you know, with all your offers, how many units estimate, you know, would you say you've sold to that, to that list? Over oh, over 80,000. Yeah. So way over so, 80,000. I, you you mentioned that you know you you have had over a hundred thousand people on that list when you add it all up, including unsubscribes. But you know that's when you're thinking each album is how much each album sells at least potentially worth with upsells, especially. Um, uh, you know that's where that math starts to make you go. What I'm trying to do is have meet any potential resistance here because there's you know, there's going to be people. No, and I know if, if you have five hundred, but. But understanding that that seventy five thousand and including the unsubscribes and things represents actually more like eighty thousand in sales all in is a, is a big key to making those light bulbs go off. Yeah, so and you know we didn't activate our whole fan base. Like I know we had people that bought full price albums before and had good reviews that that we just didn't convert this time around. Yeah, you sure. know, like it's it's similar to akin like I was saying to, to about politics, like. Not not the same thing motivates everyone. I was pretty totally. focused on the charting to the audience, you know. So we took a very much like a PBS approach: help us get mm-hmm. to this place. And I don't know if yeah, everybody totally. was interested in that. I did a contest that worked pretty well with my band, which was each band member sent out three emails over the three months, and whoever won got a twenty dollars gift card to Outback Steakhouse. And Adam, my drummer, promised a random winner a third of that gift card worth $20 to Alpex Takeouts. <laughs> and he moved over 50 units with his emails. Uh, and I think he won so that you share a lot. Of, you, you share a lot of that uh, with the fans then, the fact that you are you have this marketing machine as, yes. as part of you, you let them in on that. So that's, I think that's great. And I feel like they, today is the first day we went public with the number one spot. And on our, yeah, sure. especially on our version, you know, our VIP, we call it Epic, the Empty Pockets mm-hmm. Insider Circle, they own, they're owning it. They're all, yeah. they're all saying, I'm jumping up and down and screaming like they did it. You know, yeah, we totally. created this. That's probably the most satisfying part is different than other releases for us. We created a core that really owned this release with us. Right. I'm psyched about that. And I really think... No, for sure. I'm, I'm excited to go forward. And number one is different than all the other positions in a pretty profound totally. way. And we're already trying... You know, I just said I'm aggressive. I'm aggressively trying to leverage it. Like, mm-hmm. I want festivals next year that you've heard of. You know, Summerfest. Yeah. Yeah. Blue, Ch- Chicago Blues Fest. I don't know if we'll get it, but that's what I want. You know, like... I want something national press. Doesn't have to be Rolling Stone, but I don't know if any of them will take us. And I want something national television. I want to try to leverage our. our we'll see. And I, right. I'm going to push for all that. Well, let's talk. So you've outlined the big ones. You've outlined publicity. You've outlined radio. You've outlined uh, social media. You've outlined uh, the mailing list, and you've talked basically what each thing did around a thousand from the email list around 300 from organic that leaves a very small portion left to those other much more expensive (laughs) um, formats that everybody else is relying on and i think there's some important things for people to realize in that but again we're not saying don't do that stuff just that it's it's an important takeaway i mean that's an important takeaway but Uh, again i want to i want to talk about streaming because it's this 
point of friction in what I do. So what did you do um, in terms of streaming? Because I know your attitude was a little more, you were a little more aggressive this time. You spent some money on it. Oh, I spent some, some money on playlisting. Time. We spent a thousand bucks on playlisting the single. Mm-hmm. And it got lots and lots of streams and so little feedback that yeah. I didn't spend the money that I was going to on the album. Right. Because right. I just... Um, what did you get in terms of streams? How many? We got. We ended up getting like 100 plus thousand streams hmm. from that spend, which is not bad. Sure. Um, For what did you say? A thousand bucks? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. But crickets. It was robots. Yeah. That's all I can... It was yeah. robots or his farms in... I don't know. They were U.S. actually. I, so too. I specifically went after U.S., I don't you know, think any VPN of that solves that, that, that this idea that you can't get bots or click farms. Yeah, right. I, I logged into so. my uh, U.S. Netflix account in both Mexico and Vietnam. It wasn't that hard to figure out a VPN. Um, I didn't do it for the album. Honestly, I didn't even want to risk my uh, my Spotify account. It wasn't worth it. Mm. You know, it's mm. it, I'm not sending hardly anybody to streaming in an active way. I know and that. You, you may or may not want to mention the services here, uh, but you went through some of the the more common, easily obtainable. Oh, I don't care. Orion. Oh, okay. yeah, so, so. I tried like five playlist Booker. They're all the same. They all close yeah. and open. I don't know what any of them do. Uh, right. It seems. I think there's. I think there's a difference, and perhaps not always a difference, but going through some of the bigger, frankly, more expensive, more reputable playlist promoters that have the actual context that operate a little more like publicity, you know, or PR agents than 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 the online ones. But you're going to pay a lot more for it. I mean, so, I haven't know. even I haven't seen it or heard of it. The only way I've seen artists like do well, I feel like on Spotify is true organic growth, and yeah. I can't always explain it, but I've seen it. And no, uh, I, I agree strong editorial playlists yeah, um yeah so There's, so streaming uh, I, I truly let burn even in a more dramatic way than i originally had planned because i was so mm-hmm. disappointed i mean there was less reaction from that that spotify stuff than there was from radio for sure yeah and what was your streams per listener ratio one i don't even remember i think it was like two something like right. that and that's probably thrown off by your organic as well because i'm right. sure your organic fans were listening to 10 songs the whole or, thing. or or, or well we, we only paid over. for this we didn't pay for the streaming for the album i just let that burn right. completely so just the single right but you had your album there so you're still well, the I'm album wasn't really this. out yet you know what i mean oh, we paid for the streams like with the single release which was like in june got it and i was yeah, gonna no, re-up right. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not going to re-up. I don't, I don't want any of these fake streams. Yeah. It's interesting because around that time, you know, I was doing some consulting for a project here in New Zealand, a, a band's release, some, just some friends. And That's right. I remember that. With, with various aspects of it um, and, and set up a streaming campaign for them because that was important to them. And, you know, we did some, we did first the sort of pre-save campaign where we were going to their existing base, a lot of retargeting. Um, uh, we were on tour and I actually went on tour with them and we, we sort of chased their tour circuit with, with ads and we're doing pretty good. They did drop their entire album, you know, list, I think it was like seven or eight listens per, uh, or streams per listener. And then we use those same services that you're me- mentioned, a smaller budget. I can't remember what was spent 500 bucks, maybe, maybe not even that. And, um, 
And yeah, it was that it drops down to one point three, and again, that's offset by by the, the by organic. organic. And um, like you say, there's just nothing when when we were seeing the organic stuff with the pre-save campaign and the initial streaming when it dropped and went to the list and the email blast went. You're you're seeing all this chatter on social media. And then you're looking at the countries where, because this is a New Zealand act, so it's even more apparent what's happening. And none of the streams from the paid promotion were in New Zealand. Um, you didn't have control over that with these services. So they were all coming from some in the States, a lot of yeah. Brazil, you know, places like that. And you're seeing zero followers coming in from any of these places. And, and it really just, unfortunately, does seem like a whole lot of garbage. I'm really cynical about bots and click farms and garbage traffic across the board. And I know this is a hot topic with Twitter. Um, but I think it's a lot more than just Twitter. I'm just oh, saying it, it, it is. It's, really... it's on every social media platform. The way we combat it with our ads is my ads are all about sales and bots don't buy anything. Um, but but it's the only way to combat it. And listen, like, um, I think it's worth reiterating, like more power to anybody who can break on Spotify. I got a lot of musician friends, especially here in Chicago. I mean, a lot of them, their biggest Spotify accomplishments, which are big accomplishments is like my, my song got a million streams over the last nine years. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's, which is a which with upsells and a follow up promotion is about 150 album sales. Yeah, you know, in terms of revenue equivalent. Yeah, and we do that in, in, in we do that in a, a couple days when we're releasing an album. Yeah, you know, yeah. so in our good emails, you know, our good email I think broke a hundred. So it's yeah, like sure. that's our best email. I don't think we broke a hundred twice. Well, I'd love to do that in the future, um, but it is sad, you know, because it's like everybody's looking towards it. And part of me is like, okay, okay, I just don't get it, and I, I wish I did. And part of me is like, this is my space. Why don't we not sing about this? Do you know what yeah, I mean? Totally. Like, totally. I I really believe that, and maybe I'm an idiot. So there you go. <laughs> but also, uh, we we are focused on no. physical here in Empty Pockets Land. We're yeah. touring with Al Stewart. His big hit was 1978. It's not exactly like I'm focused on modernity. If you go yeah, listen sure. to my album, you'll hear extraordinarily 70s base influences you know our fans were wondering why the vinyl wasn't there now i know vinyl's gotten trendy olivia rodrigo has a vinyl up um but it, yeah it's, i think it i think there's i think there's some funny perspectives about all of that you know you get these people focused on my demographic will buy or my demographic won't buy or wants or doesn't want physical i mean it, just because you're selling physical doesn't even necessarily mean that, that that's because your demographic is al stewart's demographic it's because you're targeting that demographic with your ads because you're having success with that demographic it yeah, doesn't mean that 18 year olds won't won't also enjoy your music it just means that there is a an economic niche there with the crowd that is happy to purchase CDs. Yeah, and it's symbiotic, and and we definitely have some pushback um, from our fans, hmm. you know, who would say, "I don't have anywhere to buy a CD," and if I'm already in that conversation, I'm selling them a fucking CD, like <laughs> you know, like yeah. I I don't have anywhere to play a CD. My response is, it's a piece of art. We're signing it. You're putting it on your shelf. You know, like this isn't the goal. Listen to it on Spotify as many times as you want. This isn't about just the convenience of the format compact disc this is about supporting a band that you like this it's npr that one week where they're like this is the week you need to support us for real you know and and i think most fish on that line bought the cd anyway 
totally. Uh, along those lines, I was, as I just sort of touched on, I was just on tour with a band called T-Bone here in New Zealand, and Jerry Paul, the, the one of the one of the um, members of the band and sort of the, the ringleader of the whole thing. Uh, we, we get out, I was touring with them and I was in the van with them and we stop at a rest stop um, and um, some people get out of a car and I, I, they asked him a question and he, and he, he just turned on the charm like, Hey, yeah, no, we're a band. And I just kind of walked away and well, who, who's Jerry talking to someone in the van? Said, oh, he's about to sell somebody a CD. <laughs> and sure enough, five minutes later at a random like rest stop you know, yeah. in the middle of nowhere he had sold a 25 dollar cd to a total stranger just by what i'm talking about putting, uh, and talking about it and creating a moment for them to buy into for them it wasn't about the cd it was Whoa. about about buying a moment and crystallizing a moment with this band yes. that they met on the road you know i think that's why signed is so important with physical yeah. especially for an indie band you know you you make it a keepsake and i think we focused on the support aspect. You know, we talked about what the music sounded like, and, and we, we said, hey, we're releasing this, and we, 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 we did that, but we really did focus on we're together, as in my band and you, the audience, doing going to do something amazing. You know, and we even took that little bit like they can't push us around as a group and tell us what's popular and what's not. We get to decide. And uh, it, that, that attitude worked. People bought that and said it and w- would write to us and say, hey, I bought it. You know, hopefully we'll see on the charts. Yeah, totally. Totally. All right. So, okay. So that's a breakdown of what happened. You're now, you're, as we're writing, you're the number one, you have the number one blues album in America. Some things work better than others. How do we how do we summarize this in terms of your biggest broader takeaways? Any additional thoughts? Like how do we how do we close this out in terms of um, not only what you've learned, what you want to do differently, but also what you're going to do next? So many. It was it was a great reminder for myself, and I've done it when I've consulted artists. So much of the work of a release is done in the years leading up to the release. Obviously, like we made a release schedule that was months long, right? Mm. In January, we finish recording. In February, we, we mix and master. And, and, you know, we bring on this vendor. We, we put it onto TuneCore. All the things that are done, in, it, it takes months to put a release together. Sure. But it takes years to grow a fan base. And a lot of the sales we made were earned years ago you know Mm, and were earned through music marketing manifesto classic philosophies um we 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 found them somewhere we offered them a little bit of simple bait they took it and gave us their email over the course of time we told them a story and incorporated our music into that storytelling maybe we got them to come to a casual show and they became a real fan you can't grow your fan base overnight you need a system that works day in and day out as much as you can afford reasonably without ruining your life to keep churning my system's working right now somebody just bought a free cd they spent six dollars and 95 cents we're sending it to new mexico it looks like you know and they're the 17th person to do that today and you do it every day because you can't do it all at once you know, and you, totally. that, that's the biggest takeaway for me is even for us, like the work I'm doing right now, the leveraging we're doing, the touring we're doing, any press we might get, it's for the next album. 
You know what I mean? Totally. And that's a, that's a concept that I hear echoed all the time with all of my sort of industry, you know, friends, people who are not direct response marketers like we are, but people who are managers and in the working for labels and things like that is they're just everything they're doing is all it's barely about the album they're working on it's all about positioning for the next album it's just all about the growth the growth the growth the growth success is either going to come or it's not but all you but you can systematically approach brand growth and audience growth overnight success is almost always the culmination of years of effort strategy and consistency it, it, it's and, and anything it, lightning striking, wouldn't you say? I mean, I think it's it's all those it things. Does. You have to have those things in place. But and it still those, cannot happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think those big overnight successes, they are, they are the lucky ones. They are the, you know, the, the lightning strikes. And, and I've used this analogy for years, and it's off now because the record industry has changed. But I remember talking with producer David Foster many years ago, um, about my album coming out and not doing nearly as well as I had hoped. And um, he was sort of saying, oh, well, I, I wouldn't take it, you know, uh, too badly. Uh, the reality is, is that, um, and again, this is this is a long time ago when gold records were, were still very common. And I keep hitting my mic, sorry. Um, and he had said uh, that that year, 16 new artists went gold, I think it was. And that same year, 32 people were struck, in, uh, struck by lightning is what he said. I actually dove into those stats and it was it's it's worse than that. Like, you know, when you look at how many people are actually struck by lightning, it's it's a few hundred <laughs> each year. Like it's you're you're struck and killed. It's in the few dozens. So like your chances. So it's are, quite literal. Struck by lightning. <laughs> the new artist gold record. It's a lot easier to get struck by lightning. That's just a fact. Yeah, and we still have the same success rate. It's just that it's transferred away from gold albums and it's now you know streaming success stories. Um, but to really go nuts as a new artist and have any kind of sustainable millions i mean five hundred thousand albums sold i can't even do the math on what the equivalent would be in terms of streams um, it's insane um and so so the equivalent of an act who who starts to get into the tens or hundreds of millions of streams i mean it's the same ratio for new artists you're, yeah you're, yeah you've got absolutely a maybe less it might be life. less there might be less you might be right breaking mm -hmm. artists of that but but the point stands and you know, I I love my life, and I think that's an important mm. piece and what's so exciting about what you do and what you've Absolutely. taught me is that'd be awesome. You know what I mean? Mm. But I don't need it. I honestly don't need it. I would take it, but, like, I like my life. Like, I, I, I make a living. My wife makes a living. My two best friends make a living. My cousin makes a living. My sister works for us now. I pay rent at my mom's office. You know, like, it's a business, just like the dude who owns the carpet cleaning place is a business down the street, too. You know what I mean? Like, we're middle-class yeah. musicians. Maybe lightning will strike. It doesn't have to. I'm perfectly yeah, fine with totally. my life. You know, and I like it. Totally. I want to get to a couple hundred seats. I, that, I don't, we don't need to be famous to do that. Well, even when it does strike, and I've got a whole lot of friends who had lightning strike and sold millions of copies and became household names... And they can't get record deals anymore. And they, when they put out albums, they can't sell 10,000 copies. And it doesn't um, solve it, all your problems. If money doesn't solve no, all your problems no. either. You know? No, it doesn't. but what you've, 
that's its own issue for sure. But what you've done is is done that groundwork. You have a career. All those artists that that who the bottom fell out, they had no base. That, well, that was they don't know how was, to do it. They don't. But you've and you've now done we know how the hardest part and you've set up a successful business and hopefully you're positioned yourself to have lightning strike and have a track take off and 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 have one little component drop out of thin air and catapult you into that next level and then one day that'll fade but you'll still have what you've got and you'll you'll be able to take advantage of that moment when lightning strikes and build exponentially for nearly for free and hang on to that forever that's one of the biggest shames of my sort of musical career is hundreds of thousands of dollars i i don't i don't know I, I never did the math on what was actually spent. I think it was more than 500 grand or something on marketing. Yeah, and um, even before <clears throat> that money was spent, you just weren't in a position to take advantage of the massive no. free radio airplay you were getting on the most reputable station in the country, in the most reputable. I mean, like, seriously, it, you just no, weren't in no, a position absolutely. to take advantage of it. Well, and, and years later, and uh, credit track for what happens in Vegas and all of these things, I kind of jumped on that late as I started to learn this stuff and even just put out a little free article on an article marketing site. This is, you know, 15 years ago or whatever, and, and got thousands of subscribers just from dropping a little keyword out there and, and linking it to a squeeze page where people could get the track. But, but the point is, like, all that money spent and I had nothing to show for it. When I started over, when I finally learned about email marketing and all these things – post record deal i had 60 people on my mailing list you know like wow half a million spent ish and and that's not counting the you know the cost of the album and like just nowhere i got nowhere from it but you've done all the work you've built that ground uh you've built that base you've built that system and if you don't get struck by lightning and you don't get likely and i personally think you're looking really good on this next album and I think I think there's some form of lightning striking coming your way. Uh, I do believe that. But um, but even if it didn't, you're still looking good, and you're only going to grow and grow and grow. That's what we talked um, about as a band. Is it's just a matter of the rate we grow, right? Yeah, we sort sure. of know the rate we can grow reasonably with no help. And then the mm-hmm. question is: Is something going to come in and help us or not? And yeah, then do yeah. we still want to be a band to grow at this rate? And we're like, yes, we do. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. Well, um, that's all really fantastic. I'm so stoked for you, Josh. Um, and, I'm and psyched, for the rest man. of your I'm band. Psyched. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Um, and uh, as, as I sort of started off saying, you know, it's something that it's a it's a career accomplishment. It's something no one can ever take away. And it's really, really cool, for, especially you, you truly are an indie artist. You know, you, you, a lot of artists get credit as being indie artists but in reality have big teams behind them doing most of the work you truly are a band that's going down to the post office and dropping Literally. those well i mean i i know you use some services for various things but you're out no, there. like it's, you're it's, correct you, like, you there's the photos business. on our social media from this release of us filling a full truck and going to the post office like i was <laughs> yeah, at man. That's literal. Like I was at our, our, our studio before this podcast and I fulfilled orders and sent out some radio stuff. Like it's literally us doing it. Well, if anyone uh, listening wants to help you have a a successful second or third or fourth week and so forth, you know, what can they do? Where can they go? 
TheEmptyPockets.com. I had to answer for Billboard. Who's your physical distributor? And I said, our website, TheEmptyPockets.com. I wondered when you sort of t- sort of filled me in on some of those things that that they asked you if you were going to get some flack, like they wouldn't believe you, you know, because I've, I've I've seen that happen where you know artists do really well with direct to fan um, strategies, and there's all this skepticism, and they make it quite difficult. But you, you didn't have too many. Too well, many we charted problems, eh? doing this exact system in the past. We started with a yeah, sketchier yeah. charting system that that wasn't sure. as good, and. I documented and kept in touch with both Luminate, which is the new sound scan, and Billboard every step of the way. I said, hey, it's selling pretty well. It's going to chart. And Billboard, my contact emailed me back and said, sounds great. I got your CD. You know, and I, it came up on, this data comes up on Luminate, and I I even bought a subscription so I could follow along. And we had to do it legit. The paperwork was sort of a pain. It was worth it. (laughs) <laughs> all right josh well any final words before we we take off here we can all do this this is doable it, it, it's not yeah. easy but it's doable right well those are those, that's a great place to sign off thank you josh thanks for um you know being here and doing this series with me i'm sure we'll have you back and um i'm sure we'll have you in the insider circle as well if anyone wants to check that out uh there are some lessons from josh in the insider circle you just head on over to musicmarketingmanifesto.com and products and services has got a link there where you can you can find info uh out about that and um and otherwise uh yeah head on over to theemptypockets.com and uh, throw a little support josh's way if you like the content you've um, been been hearing and all the info that Josh has been generous enough to share with us. I know their band would appreciate it. All right, Josh. Thank you and take care. Thanks for listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how you can market your music using the direct-to-fan strategies discussed on this show, then head on over to musicmarketingmanifesto.com and sign up for your free copy of the Music Marketing Blueprint. Once again, that's musicmarketingmanifesto.com.